You are tuning in to the Game Sports Show, powered by the Game Entertainment and Media, or known as GEM. This is the Little Caesars Pizza Special Edition Upload. Little Caesars Pizza in Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario, where there are three locations within the community and many more locations nationwide. Little Caesars Pizza is the largest carryout pizza chain internationally. Convenient, delicious, and cost-effective is a brief yet simple way to describe Little Caesars Pizza. You can order online through their user-friendly online pizza portal. Why wait any longer? Get on those phones, download the app, or get on your computer and make that order right now the game sports show and gem thanks little caesar's pizza in particular little caesar's pizza in sioux st Marie, ontario for its support booyah and it's time for the game sports show it is your host david mckeg jr bringing you another special edition upload powered by the game entertainment and media and sponsored by little caesar's pizza in particular little caesar's pizza in sioux st marie ontario getting to our special edition co-host here for tonight's upload former professional hockey player of over 1,000 games and hockey analyst for the game entertainment and media known to be a speed demon on the ice he's got his trademark clap bomb as i said numerous times on the show from the top of the circle brendan brooks brooksy How's it going, pal? It's going really good. I'm uh, really excited about the show. I have a really good friend, uh, teammate, and all-around good guy, so I can't wait for it. Definitely. It's going to be an absolute beauty of an upload, if you will. Now, getting to our Little Caesar Special Edition guest, he's a native of Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario. He was a former first overall pick in the OHL draft in 2000. He is a Mississauga Ice Dogs and Owen Sound Attack alum. And he was drafted in the fifth round, 138th overall to the Nashville Predators in 2002. After his OHL time, he jumped right into playing overseas in the DEL, where he won a championship with the Berlin Polar Bears. And after coming back to North America in the East Coast Hockey League and the AHL for a season, uh, this individual went back overseas to spend time in Denmark, Germany, and Austria with a total of just under 600 professional-level games. Also played in the Spangler Cup, which also in 2018 to 2020 was a video coach for the Hamilton Bulldogs. The one and only Patrick Jarrett. Patty, how's it going, my friend? And thanks for taking the time to come on. Brooksy, David, very nice to have me on. I appreciate it. Um, I thought you were talking about me, a speedster there. Brooksy <laughs> definitely the speedster. So uh, I was going to correct you on that. But uh, thanks, boys. Thanks for having me. Love it. You know what? That's a great correction. You know what? Anyone's faster than Brooksy now. No, I'm just totally just kidding. He still has the wheels. Uh, let's first off jump in and right off the hop. Obviously, you did go high in the OHL draft. Uh, I don't, last I checked, I don't think you can go any higher. I don't Yeah, can you, can you go higher? I don't know if that is a possibility. Unless you just don't get drafted, you get an exemption. I don't know. <laughs> thing. Uh, you spend time in Mississauga and Owen Sound, but deep down, okay, and usually I ask kind of an off-putting question on this first part, but I'm not going to do that here. I just want, I'll be straight out. What was the urge to get drafted by the Hounds over everybody else? I'm going to fly out this ask you. You're from the Sioux. Wouldn't that have been an awesome opportunity to play for your hometown team? Flat out, go see. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Would love to play for the Sioux Greyhounds, and you, you face that question growing up a lot too. Like even after, like, why didn't you play for the Greyhounds? You know, and well, they didn't have a chance to draft me. But that, just, you know, that being said, like, there was a lot of other teams I would have rather played for than the uh, Miss Ice Miss Dogs at that time. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely, that's a, like we're going to definitely dive into that. I know Brooksy's going to jump right, right now into your OHL. <laughs> uh, there's a lot that we're going to get into right now with this. Brooksy, the floor is yours, my friend. Yeah, well, I, obviously, we're going to stick to the OHL and going first overall because it's such an amazing thing to accomplish. Uh, what kind of pressure were you feeling? Did you feel that there was a ton of pressure after getting drafted first round, first overall, you know? Um. Yeah, I don't know if that like I felt so much pressure. Like at that time, man, like you're six to fifteen, sixteen years old and you're just, you know, full of piss and vinegar. And 
I remember going to the draft the year before my brother got drafted to, to Plymouth and, and it was in Brampton and, and Jason Spezza got drafted first overall. And I, he went up there and I love Spez and, you know, he's just goofy as all hell goes up there and, you know, says his speech and, I, and, you know, did a great job. But at that time, I'm like, I want to do that, you know? And, and I knew I was, you know, a highly touted player at that age, but at the same time, I was just set my goal right there. And, um, was happy to accomplish it and everything else. Um, I didn't feel a ton of pressure. You know, you're a 16 year old kid going into an organization that had Jason Spezza on it as well. Um, you know, some big name guys that, uh, Brian McGratton was there, you know, like I, I, those guys made it really easy for me to not feel the pressure. And, um, yeah, it, it was, it was a, it was a nice accomplishment, but you know, it was a lot of work from there. Jason Spencer, vintage, if you will, is what they're calling him right now. Ah, uh, the the guy is uh, absolutely looking like he's fitting in perfectly in Toronto. And, you know, yeah. he, it must be, you know, being able to be like, no, Jason, it's, yeah. it must be no surprise to you how good that he's doing right now on the professional level. No, but that's his game, right? Like he's yeah. always been an elite thinker, an elite uh, skill guy that, um, you know, I don't, whatever, maybe lacking a little bit of, you know, grit. I don't know. You know, I love Spaz, but like, um, but today's game, he's perfect. And, you know, I think, uh, it's fitting him well in the least, you know, Kyle's doing a great job. Now there's two guys, but you know, just doing a great job there and, and just putting the team together. Um, yeah, no, he's, I'm, I'm happy for Spaz and he's doing a great job. Yes. Now, you know what? The, I want to go with getting drafted first overall. Now, obviously, that is a memory, of course, but mm-hmm. the best memory of draft day overall, I imagine from what I can recall, like having some friends that were drafted in the Ontario Hockey League high up in the draft is that they're right by the phone or right by the computer. They were waiting for that. But being that first overall, what was draft day in the Ontario Hockey League at 16 years old for you when your name got called first overall? Completely different than it is now. Um, you know, the, the, we still went to the draft, you know, I don't know if they'll ever do that again, but I know in the OHL, they cut that out as well. And, and we still went to Mississauga, you know, was it where the draft was that year? And, you know, you're in the stands, like you would be in the NHL. And, and we went up and, uh, you know, you get drafted first. I knew it was happening. Obviously it was, uh, um, you know, kind of a done deal beforehand, but, uh, same time, like your whole family there in the moment, like, uh, it's, yeah, I mean, it was great. It was really, it was really great. But uh, it was a fucking long time ago, man. We talk about, you know, year 2000, Christ, we're 2021. Like, that's, uh, we're going that's way long, back. We're going way long, back on you. At a, a time long, when there was VHS and VCR. Oh, my God. Our coaches <laughs> still pulled in the full, full back TVs with VHS. <laughs> into the uh to the room but uh but but it was that moment you know you always watch the nhl draft or whatever and um it was a cool moment it was and i you know something you never forget but um it was just the start of it man it was just the start of it and uh yeah it's been a blast well speaking of it you know you got don cherry Speaking mm-hmm. of going way back, you know, a legendary coach. And, uh, you know, I just want you to tell me what, how he was for you. Yeah, no, Don, obviously that was the, 
highlight, right? Like Don owned the team and, you know, we're all the same, right? We, we grew up watching rock and shock them and, yeah. and, uh, and yeah, and you just, you idolize him and, and the brand of, uh, rock and shock them. And, and it was, it was, uh, at the time a really, you know, awesome thing. Um, uh, you know, and, and my personal experiences with Don, um, mo- are for the most part, really good. And he, you know, until he started coaching and then it just, yeah, it went a little sideways, but he's, uh, he, he's, his heart is amazing. And he, he's a, he's a great man, uh, with his, you know, mind in the, you know, the right place, but he's just, he's a busy man. He's a busy man too. Right. Yeah. You know, and there's a guy that, you know, obviously is on his own doing the, the grapevine podcast and giving him a little plug here for that. But it's somebody there that you, go. you mentioned that the, the rock of Sockham, I got that whole collection as I'm sure many people do hockey night in Canada and everything that happens in hockey night in Canada. And I had this, uh, the honor of meeting Don a couple times. And even, uh, he even recognized me the second time inside the ACC uh, when I was able to go down there and he let me inside the room. I just didn't meet Ron McLean, but it's oh, Don no. Cherry. such a great guy. He was all about the fans, the kids, right. And the thumb, up, I have that picture with the thumbs up, the trademark. Like, obviously, you know, with what what happened to him, obviously it was unfortunate. But everybody that knows Don Cherry knows that, that he's been like that since day one of doing it. Now, obviously, it's more, let's say, looked at nowadays, especially in the media world. You got to watch what you say in every different kind of category, if you will. And it's kind of unfortunate how it happens to him on his way out. But he is doing great with his uh, current podcast right now as well. And he is a hockey icon and always will be. No, no question. And and with, you know, with that being said, too, like there's that, that everything that went down with Don, I don't think, uh, you know, I, in my mind, it didn't tarnish him uh, to the full extent of what, you know, some people are saying. But at the end of the day, uh, you know, Don's always treated me well. And I'll it, be the first guy to say, you know, you treat somebody uh, as they treat you or how you want to be treated. And, and Don always was operated on those same, same values. And, and it, you know, it was, a, it was a nice guy to be a part of a team with. Um, you know, I just, yeah, you know, like I, when it, things went sour there in, in Mississauga and I, you know, asked for a trade, it was more like, you know, he needed to do something to put somebody in there to, you know, coach a team that he didn't have time to do. So, you know, that was, that's where our kind of, um, you know, discrepancies lied. But at the same time, you know, the guy, the guy is Canada, Canadian hockey. Like there's nothing else about it. He is he's hockey Canada. Yes, hundred percent. Now you go ahead of your brother Cole the year after he got drafted. Now, obviously we said it's at the top. Can't go any higher. He must have had some chirps at the time yeah. when you're when yeah. your name is called. Okay, he must have been like, Well, it's obviously proven which one's the better player right now, huh? <laughs> like, <laughs> I imagine I, uh... there's chirps tossed around. Yeah, I mean, only from my side, and uh, not always uh, Willie, like not always, um, you know, earned. But uh, yeah, he's uh, Cole's a quiet guy who would just, yeah, he he would just, he wouldn't even shrug. I try and get him, I'd poke the bear all the time, but it was, uh, you know, you get hit in the head enough times from him, and, and then he just stop. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, no, he's uh, there's a few chirps out there, but this guy, he he's. We always said that too. Like everybody said, "Well, who's the better hockey player? Who's the better hockey player?" 
and we both answered always. We play different positions. <laughs> Aren't you guys nice, eh? Always nice yeah. to one another. Yeah, wow. Brotherly love. <laughs> well, I gotten to know Cole, you know, obviously over the years, and, and that's the first thing I think of, just the quiet, gentle giant. You know what I mean? He's a big, thick guy, and, uh, you know, he plays hard, but uh, off the ice, he's just a, just a calm, family man, mild-mannered person. Yeah, totally. Now, you know what, like, Brooksy, I, I think I might be taking your thunder with this, but you suffered a broken leg at the under-18 Canada team t- tryout, right? You were young, obviously, and when you were a late teen, you seemed to heal kind of better than, let's say, in comparison to someone who's in the late 30s or 40s, a.k.a. Brooksy in the early 40s. I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> I said late 40s, almost said late 40s. Yeah, not, not there yet. Not there yet, but it seems... You continued your OHL career strong. Uh, what helped you bounce back, right? You know, you were able to have a good rest of your OHL career. You were able to get drafted. You were able to, of course, move on and, and, and go overseas to Europe, and make a good career. Uh, like, what, like, what was, what helped you bounce back? And also, it must have been really unfortunate for you to get hurt because you didn't get the chance to wear that jersey. Yeah. Yeah, it was. It wasn't fortunate. It was, uh, and I always say that's the turning, that was the turning point of my career. Um, you know, and not that, you know, I wasn't able to continue to play and, and, you know, work in a game that I loved, but, um, I always contributed to the turning point in my, uh, playing career is when I broke my leg there at York, uh, York, uh, um, wherever the college or university plays. And, uh, I'll never forget it, obviously. Uh, you know, kind of freaked out. It was a bad break where, you know, I, I landed on my leg, twisted it. And it wasn't so much the broken leg as it was the torn ligaments and everything in my ankle. But um, I remember, I remember like with uh, uh, George Burnett and who was the Jimmy, uh, I forget the other coach's name there, but George Burnett was the, was the head coach there. And he, you know, and he, He's sitting there, he's like, Patty is like, I'm, I'm really sorry, you know, like, you know, this was after he was like, it's only two days in, but you, you were already slotted in as our captain of this team, you know, and I'm like, wow, that's, that's awesome, it's awesome to hear, <laughs> you know, like, fuck it, I'm not going to even be going over to Czech Republic, so yeah, you know, like... that, yeah, that, that, that kind of was just like, oh, okay, cool, you know, but no, and, and I was, you know, whatever, doing well at that point in my career, um. And, but anyways, when I left the rink that day uh, in the ambulance, like, like I, you know, wasn't, you know, I crushed it out the ambulance. But so here's this guy knocking on the back door, right? And and it's Bobby Orr, okay? So so if, I, if the the paramedic opens the door and, he, and he's like, it's like Patty. I'm like, hey Bobby. And he's like, Don Grapes is gonna meet you at the hospital. He's like, I just got off the phone with him, you know. And I was like. Okay, buddy, we'll talk to you. And then he leaves, and the, the freaking the, the uh, paramedic, eh? he's like, "That was Bobby Orr." <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I'm like, he's friends with Don Cherry, and, you know, he's meeting us at the hospital. That's Don Cherry's buddy. You know, so he's going off, and I'm dying. And I'm like, buddy, just give me a hospital, please. <laughs> you know. Anyway, so they gravy met us at the hospital, but. Um, you know, like those are just some fond memories of a bad time. But, uh, uh, but, and then, you know, 
sorry, back to your question about bouncing back. I got off track there, but you're allowed name, to name, name dropping. Like Not these, a big these, deal. These, these old guys, you know, <laughs> anyway. So I, so I, uh, anyways, I go to the, I go to, uh, no, sorry. I go to the hospital and, and Graves there. And good. Sorry. You talk about bouncing back. I wish I bounced that back better. Like I really do. Like, and that's one thing I tell my players now. And I tell anybody who's injured, like, I should have taken more time off. I should have taken, uh, I should have gotten better rehab. I should have, you know, taken it upon myself or whoever was managing me at that time because I was 17 years, 18 years old. Like, we all should have done a better job to rehab that injury better. Because that did, honestly, like, even, like, getting drafted by Nashville, going into Nashville camps and, and doing those things, like, it was always a hindrance. And they were always like, hey, you need to do this more. You need to do that more. And it was all based on, like, that, side of my body, that strength and that stuff that I, I should have always been doing, but should have been doing. And yeah, I was able to, you know, have a, have a decent OHL career, but I mean, there was guys in there that, you know, Corey Perry, uh, you know, David Boland and, you know, Shrempy and all these guys that, you know, they, you know, they, they pointed me by and won me by a lot. Like I, it's a slim margin, but it's a big margin, you know, like I should have been better. And I, and that's one thing that I always tell kids, like, you any injuries anything take the time to to get yourself back to full strength and 100 percent because um you can't do it after you can't there's no time for it and you need to do it then and there and come back a hundred percent no matter what and then that's kind of been the 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 trend uh with with you know injuries now and since anyway since i've been a part of it so um yeah, no, I, I wish I wish I could have done better, honestly, bouncing back. But you know, it's it's sorry, I, I spoiled your thunder when I bounced <laughs> back, but uh that was uh just uh in my take on that that's that honestly matters so like so I think that, I don't think about it a lot anymore, but it was a big time in your life where you think back, like what you know, like fuck you're on top of the world, your first overall pick, you're touted to go in the top fifteen in the NHL draft and then you break your leg. Well obviously that's the turning point, right? And, and, you know, why can't you get back there? You know, and, and that was my own fault. Like, you know, it's just, you gotta take it upon yourself and, 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 and do that, the work that's needed and, and you get there. Well, you were, you were definitely able to bounce back enough to get drafted, right? You know, as we talked about, you know, you know mm-hmm. being yeah, the fifth know. round 138th overall, you know, it's still yeah. an amazing feat bouncing that's back, better. as you it's say. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, uh, no, you know, no, no, for sure. But I know, I know what you're saying is that, you know, I, it, it's, it's just, uh, it, it you probably matter. just it, felt it, different. You, you feel like you just weren't the exact same no, as what you're trying to say. You you know? Exactly. You can't do the things that, you know, you just think, you know, you're, I'll be able to do it again. No problem. I'll be back. I'll be, I'll be able to do those things again. And you, you just never get back to that. I, I never got back to that level of dominance that I wanted, you know? Yeah. Well, you know, speaking of the draft, you know, and getting drafted, you know, we do a tradition here and it's, you know, we just want to know a little bit about that experience of that day for you. And uh, if you have any stories that you can share with us, uh, you know, some memories, uh, coaches or GM saying anything to you. Uh, was there other teams that were, you know, chatting with you before this day? Um, I just want to know a little bit about it, and hopefully our listen listeners can enjoy the stories you got here on it. Yeah, no, I mean NHL uh, draft day is is a big thing, obviously, and 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 they split it up now. I think it's just first round on, on day one, and 
anyways, when I when I went to the draft, it was the first three rounds um, uh, that were day one, and then day two was uh, four through nine, I guess I think it was. So you go to the day one draft, and you know you're all pumped up to go, and and I didn't go, you know, and it's fine, you know, it's all good. We're gonna go. We're back the next day, and we're gonna do it. Well, all my buddies, Stephen Weiss, uh, friggin. Uh, uh, with the Campbell, uh, Soupy was there, uh, and, and my brother was there also. He got drafted the year before and, and we're, we're in Toronto. We're going downtown after, you know, after, you know, the draft, first day draft. So honestly, I came into the second day a little hungover, not gonna lie. <laughs> and, um, uh, and, you know, just like, all right. And, and I, you know, I talked to Nashville a lot. I talked to, you know, a, handful of other teams but not a lot you know like i've had a, you know interviews at the draft and and you know there's people watching you and your your coaches are all you know wishing you the best of luck but you know it was more about my family for me and being there with them and and you know just the work that we all put in to to be where we were at was was really fun um but uh yeah i mean it's just an honor to be drafted to the best hockey league in the world you know, and have a, have a chance to play. But, um, you know, the goal still is to win a Stanley Cup. So, I mean, not done yet. No, you know what? Was there like, as Brooksy was saying, we on the show we've had some like funny stories where teams kind of pulled you in and kind of said, hey, like, I know one story with Mike Zigamanis that he brought up was that when he got into a room with San Jose, they had the room with 20 other prospects. And they said, okay, I need you to talk shit about that person but on that end of the room. So it'd be Mike Zigamanis talk about so and so and what you hate about that person. So for about 20 minutes, you'd have people just absolutely shitting on each other, going back <laughs> and forth and saying what they hate about each other. It's fisticuffs could throw in a, in a draft meeting where brooksy you could have just done a story about with terry ryan where you got pulled in with montreal and yeah and such stuff right there obviously being a fifth fifth rounder and someone who was obviously looked at for the scouting was there one team that maybe outside of nashville that you figured okay uh this team might take me over over nashville or was nashville always the clear cut yeah, I mean, uh, Atlanta was still around, and, and uh, Danny Marr was working there, and, and he was a guy that, you know, always I thought maybe. But honestly, I don't have any funny stories. Like, I, I listened to Terry Ryan's story on, on Chicklets, and I listened to <laughs> – heard, I've heard somebody else – sorry, Chicklets bump, but, uh, uh, but they <laughs> – uh, you know, but, the, you know, I, I've heard some of the funny stories. I don't have any, uh, any funny scout stories, but uh, – uh, that's funny about Ziggy. I didn't know that about like put him in a room with a bunch of guys. He's like, all right, let's go. Let's call him out. You know, that's, it's, uh, it's, it's like me pulling Brooksy in a room and saying, you're too fast. <laughs> Gotta fucking slow down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. Drop my draft stock from first round to fifth round. You piece of shit. Right. <laughs> I say you need to work on your chirps, you freaking pussy. That's what I would say. Yeah, <laughs> I definitely never. Hey, the nice guy chirp. Can you just I, slow down? You're just way too fast. Yeah. I've yeah. never been known for chirps, and Brooksy, you know that more than anybody, I think. <laughs> and you know what? The just like having that name, your name called. And you mentioned Atlanta. Oh my God, it's got a flashback for the Atlanta Thrashers. Oh my God, what a right? organization that Atlanta was. Oh, oh my goodness. Wild wild literally now you know what they 
the teams that right now with the way the NHL draft is, the game is so much different, right? And uh, with the way the draft is, and we've talked about to players that have been on here too and that went later rounds. And what I like asking individuals like yourself is that if today's game were is where it was, Okay, let's say you're able to rewind the years. Let's take back the back to the future philosophy here. I'm Doc Brown. You're Marty McFly. I'm able to bring you back in time, okay, or bring you ahead in time, whatever, from the back in time, whatever the analogy is to use. If you go to the NHL today, do you still go first overall in the OHL? Do you go higher in the National Hockey League, or do you think you go lower, or do you think you were drafted in the same spot you would have been drafted if the draft for you was today? Dude, I honestly think I am exactly the same as where I am today. Uh, it would be today as I was then because uh, I'll tell you why. Like I, my game at at I was big for my age as a kid. I was I don't know. I was I was good. I was you know what I mean. Like I was just I was competitive, but um, I in living in the Sioux and being up there and just being a dominant player, people see you more as that dominant player because you're standing out, you know, and not to say like my teammates weren't good or anything. They, you know, a lot of good players on that team, but at the same time I was good, you know, and, and people saw that. And I think it would be the same thing in today's game. I think I would be maybe, maybe better. Cause I, you know what I mean? I, I would, I was a, fuck, I had eight fights in tier two when I was 15 years old before I got drafted to the OHL. You know what I mean? Like that doesn't happen in Bama. And and I think, I know this fighting is not part of today's game, but that's not why I got drafted. You know, I also had 70 some points, you know, it's like, no, it's not, uh, it's not why you get drafted, but at the next level, I think it's still the same, man. I, I, I think my game is, is just the same either way. If I could play a tough game, I could play a skill game. I could play, you know, but I, I was never top at either. You know, it was always somewhere in between, um, so I, I honestly think I'm right on par with uh, with that, you know. But I definitely see some guys that are like, oh, I wish you, you know, you should play now. Should have played like Rico Fata should be playing now, you know. Good I think you left a it left a big thing out is you know we were fortunate enough to play together, and one of the big things that stood out for me was uh, you know your two way play play. I always thought you were so good in your own end. I don't know if that was something you had when you were younger as well, but for me, that was one thing that really stood out is, you know, how you could play off offense so well, but you can also be just as good in your own end. And, you know, that's why I loved having you as a line mate, you know, yeah. I knew you were going to get that puck out and get me the puck so I can just fly down the wing. So, yeah. uh, you know, I mean, I don't know if that's how you were as a kid, but you know, that's one thing that really stood out for me. Yeah, I tried to play an honest game, and that's the, that was the biggest thing as a kid, too. Like, you know, if you get taught in from your parents or, you know, somebody else's parent that's close by or your uncle or whoever, but they always, you know. I was well, you did taught. have your brother as a defenseman. Yeah, true, true. No, but yeah, I was taught to be an honest player, you know, and, um, yeah, I appreciate that. But actually, fuck. Yeah, <laughs> Two-way players, right? Like, that's so exciting even to watch nowadays. If you want to look at the Leafs and say how Zach Hyman is as, mm. as a two-way guy, that guy is actually, that guy. spoiler alert, my favorite Leaf is Zach Hyman. Sorry to, to, to Buzz, <laughs> no, no Buzz uh, to, to Matthews, Marner, of course, those are the obvious names. But somebody who everybody, and they say this on each broadcast, it's like 
if it's Sportsnet, if it's TSN, sorry, of course, I know everyone knows us through that does some work with ESPN. I'm giving plugs to all these different things on this show. But nonetheless, you know, whatever broadcasts that they're on are being quoted on, whatever it may be, everyone says, quote, unquote, I want Zach Hyman as a as a linemate. And that's what all the broadcasts are saying. That's what everybody wants. If you're Matthews Marner, you want Hyman. If you're Tavares Nylander, especially Nylander, who doesn't like to get his hands dirty, no offense, he doesn't. He doesn't go in the corners. He doesn't like the hit. Okay, his hair comes. It looks the same as he puts his helmet on as he takes it off. Okay, but you got a guy like Hyman who's an absolute workhorse. Okay, and those are the type of players that are like he does it so superior to a lot of other two-way players. There's elite two-way players like Patrice Bergeron that can score goals at a 30-plus goal rate, and then there's your a superior. Uh, two-way players that are more of that defensive side but can really get the nose down and grind that's the Zach Hyman types and to be able to have that two-way type game it's so pivotal in today's hockey because it changes the momentum of a game of course even when there's fans in there if you've got that guy who's a fan favorite two-way guy who's not only just gonna be afraid to drop the gloves score goals get his hands dirty he's gonna abrupt that place when they're down a goal and the much like a like a Wayne Simmons, I consider him a power forward two way type guy who can battle in the corners. And the list goes on for a lot of other two way players in the league. But if you're able to play that game effectively, I think Zach Hyman would be someone you'd want to model that game after. And I think it's more important now than it was ever the two way uh, two way style type game. Yeah, that's, yeah. A good, that's a good point. Good point. I mean, we keep talking about the Leafs. I fucking hate the Leafs, but uh, <laughs> but. Uh, but no, no, but they, they definitely, I agree with you 100%. And everything you said is on point. I, I, I do, I, I say I don't like the Leafs because I've never liked them, but I think they they have a really good team. So, I mean, I, I, you know, it's just where I stand on it. Definitely. Now, Brooksy, uh, one thing that I'm we're going to transition to a little bit here, and I'm going to jump into right now, is the lockout year. Okay, uh, you, from what I believe, if I got my dates correct. I don't think it's, I don't think it was. I think it was the year after. Was it the year after, or was it the year after so. we went to DEL? The year after. It was the year after. Okay. Yeah. So it was the year after the lockout. Uh, you yeah. went over to Berlin. Uh, yeah. It made the you made the jump of going overseas, and I, I'm not too sure how it worked out. If that was an option for you, or if you're able to stay out in the American Hockey League, I don't know if you want to jump in on that. But what was the factor to look overseas and join Berlin? Obviously, we know you won a championship there, but why Berlin? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, great question. I I was uh, actually went to Detroit Red Wing camp that year. Um, you know, I went to, had a had a really good camp. Like it was, uh, you know, did a, did a lot of really good things and and had a blast there. And um, it it ended up being, uh, you know, they were had an exit meeting with uh, Kenny Holland and Jimmy Nill. You know, is now in Dallas, and to, and they were both like, hey, like, listen, you came in here. We had no idea who you were, <laughs> and like brutally honest. And um, you know, I want you to go down to Grand Rapids and make that team. Like you do, you know, you, you've impressed us. And and um, Greg Ireland was the coach in Grand Rapids then, and he I really liked me out of this camp. And you know, we went down, played some exhibition games down there in GR. And GI's like, I want, I want you on the team. I'm like, okay. So I signed a 40-day PTO. Um, uh, and about halfway through I, the first five games, it didn't get in the lineup. I mean, they had guys like Yuri Hoodler, Valtteri Filpula, like guys like that in the minors for the kids are first years. You know what I mean? And like we were, we had a stack Eric Himmelfarb, like, like 
had a stacked friggin' Grand Rapids team. And, you know, obviously the wrong camp to go to. Uh, thanks, agent. Uh, but, uh, uh, but anyways, you go to the camp and the uh, stack camp and stack team, which was great. You know, you get to you see where you, you measure up. But uh, when they asked me to sign to go to play in either the United League or the East Coast, uh, you know, I said, okay, give me a day and I'll, I'll you know, I'll, I'll give you my decision tomorrow. Like, I kind of wanted to stay and, you know, like the organization close to home, blah, blah, blah. But uh, I talked to a friend of mine, um, Paul Henry, who worked for uh, a lot of teams in the National League with, you know, he was a scout. But I worked with Paul as a sports psychologist. And, um, and he called me back right away and said, um, you're going to Berlin to play for Pierre Paget. You know, and I said, okay, I don't even know what that means. Um, I thought Europe, I thought Europe was for the end of your career, you know. And, uh, and he's like, well, he's just a good coach. And Pierre, Pierre coached obviously the Nordiques and the Anaheim and Calgary. And nobody liked them. Uh, but uh, I went over to Berlin uh, on a tryout for like a week, and you know, there was a game three days in. They're like, you want to play? I'm like, yeah, sure. Little, like that was the tryout basically so like you're in you're playing so i stuck around there that year and we won a championship like you said it was the best decision i probably made my entire career it was awesome you know pierre yeah. was pierre was a good coach he was hard but you know he, he didn't get along with the older guys and everything else but pierre's pierre's his own he's an his own friggin' animal but he uh learned a lot from that guy yeah that's you know i mean i think you know you know, looking on your career and everything, uh, you know, obviously it was a great decision, you know, because of all you accomplished over in Germany over the years, which we'll touch base on. But, you know, I think going to the DL, which a lot of people didn't know, probably yourself included at that time, how good that league actually is. And the, oh, and the fan and the fan support they have over there is is amazing. So that must have been a shock for you, too. Uh, but like, to choose the DEL or go to the United League or the East Coast, to me, that's a no-brainer. I would choose, yeah. now that I know, I would choose the DEL in Germany every time. Oh, yeah, for sure. And honestly, like, I think that kind of changed the mold for a lot of people thinking. Like, I'm not saying it was me that changed the mold, but, like, there was a lot of people that are like, wait, what? Like, he's going over there already? Like, what's that all about? And then, you know, there was Salzburg was taking guys over. There was other guys uh you know uh they were they were taking younger players and and it started to get younger and younger and younger you know from then on because man i'm telling you when i was in my first year over there like the it was 30 33 to 40 were the imports in the entire league and uh you know brooks you know that as well like it started to change after it started getting younger and younger and um you know, I was, I, I, my best decision was going to Berlin. My worst decision was leaving Berlin because I was there for two years, won a championship. Second year was okay, but, you know, they we want they wanted me to stay. And, you know, that could have just stayed and, and, you know, tried to make a whatever in, in Germany. I mean, I am coming back after the next year, but never got back to the DEL where I wanted to be uh, the whole time. But, um no, I can't say enough about the uh, Ice Baron organization, man. They're 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 great people. See, yeah, you and you've won. You win the when you win the championship over in Berlin too. I know Drake Berhowski was a player that was there as well as I believe when you when you oh, won. Oh yes, he was. He was, and of course Drake. Uh, 
obviously a former NHL, I played with Pittsburgh, played Toronto, everyone that knows who Drake. When you win that championship, the presentation of a trophy and you're just your overall feeling of winning that championship, what's going through your mind? Obviously, you know, if you win a Stanley Cup, everyone knows that it, the trophy feels like a feather when you're picking that up, you know, and or, or if you're in Berlin, obviously it's a little bit different because it's not the Stanley Cup, but you still have grinded your way with the team to get the, your end goal, and that is to win that championship, and you guys succeeded with that. Yeah, I mean, you're my first year pro, and and you know, doing that then, it, it's like it's kind of it was kind of surreal. Yeah. Um, you know, you're that guy who, you know, I, I had a great playoff, and I, you know, like personally, I was fine. Like I was really didn't matter. Like I didn't even care. I just wanted to help all those other guys because it was like I could see it more for them. You know, I mean, I'm just a young kid coming in, but at the same time, like. I'm like, I want these guys to win so bad, you know, but like at the end of the day, like, Oh my God, I am one of these guys. Yeah. I want to win so bad, you know? And yeah, winning that one was different than, you know, I won at the end of my career as a captain. So it was a little different, but that one there was like, you're, you're, you know, you, you're more a part of it than you think, you know, uh, and when you're, and then I went on one later on, there was other kids that I always told them that when we won, I'm like, Hey, you are more a part of this than you even know. And you'll realize that later, but um, but Berlin was amazing. And Drake Berhowski, man, what a human being! I love this guy. So yeah, he came over with his wife at the start, and uh, we got to hang out a bunch. And uh, this guy would come over and drink. He would bring a case of beer, and he would drink. I would drink. I have a case of beer. He had a case of beer. He would drink all of his and half of mine, you know, <laughs> and 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 be fine. And it'd be totally fine. And like the, the, you know, these big German beers. Man, what a guy! I love, I love Bear so much. He's, uh, I talk to him a lot still. Now he's coaching again still, but uh, he's, uh, he is awesome. Um, and I remember the, the we won the championship and we had a parade um, in Berlin where the parade was. We got our sponsor was Volvo, so we had these Volvo convertible cars, and we would sit in the back of them and they put a case of beer in each, in each car. Well, Bear and I were in the one car and, and I remember like we weren't even halfway done and he like, he was sending me out to grab beers from the other guys. Like, yeah, we got some more. Yeah, I got some more. Yeah. Not that he like, he just, he, he was never drunk. He was just, he just would just drink beer. <laughs> this guy was a machine. He was a machine, man. Love the place. Yeah. Is that where you started to love your German beers? Because I know you're a big fan of the German breweries. So uh, yeah, well, no, not not really there, not yet. I was that. <laughs> you were too young then. <laughs> yeah, no idea. You know, then nights out in Germany. Now that that those stories are obviously priceless with Drake Barowski and just the parade and all that. But I'm sure you got some tales that you're able to tell us about, uh, and also the listeners about times you had with the lads out in Berlin or just overall out in Europe. Because you know, I got some friends that are playing overseas. I'm sure you both do still as well. And you know, the time overseas, it seems like the stories are fantastic over there. The nights out, the scenery, whatever you want to talk about. Uh, but just overall in Germany, I've had some friends. Uh, that talk about the clubs there and just the mm. absolute insanity of being out in Germany. Do you have any uh, tales that you'd like to tell us about nights out in Germany <laughs> with anybody? <laughs> I think we had, uh, we had a couple, eh, my friend? We, we had a yeah, couple. I was going to say, uh, we got one guy on the line here, but, uh, but no, yeah, no, it's, it's all, I mean, it's just a different way of life. And obviously like pre-COVID, right. And like, that's just not a thing where when, 
wasn't even thought when we were playing there, obviously. But um, it was just a different pace, you know? Like, bars didn't close, so you always had time uh, to find out, you know, where you were going to go, where you wanted to do. Everything, like, I felt over there was more structured and more planned out where you were going to go. Um, I don't even know. I mean, we had some crazy times in Finland and Sweden on like preseason tournament stuff where, you know, you just, you, you, you just, the, the fins just, they just don't stop, you know, I mean, the next day shows up and you're like, Jesus, like, come on guys. Like, when are we going home? You know? Uh, but, um, I, I like, I got, I got nothing really that, yeah. I'd, uh, well, you know what? I'm going to jump in here because I got something. I got one uh, story, and I think, you know what I mean? It's when uh, we were we were all able to go to Oktoberfest, and, uh, which is one of the – probably the coolest thing I think I've ever done. And mm-hmm. I got to do it with Pat, and we ended up meeting your brother there, as I, that's from, right. what I re- from what I remember. And one of the coolest things that I do remember, and it's not like – it's just kind of about the atmosphere is where my story's going here is – you know, the, the difference between I find uh, in Europe and in North America, the we were getting absolutely hammered and Yo. everybody else is getting hammered and people are falling into each other. People are falling over to each other. And I never once felt like we there was going to be uh, an argument or a scrap or anything. You fall down you know, a guy beside you is going to pick you back up and hand you a beer. And I think that's one of the coolest things, you know, I got to witness. And uh, you know what I mean? I think I might've went down one or one or two times, but somebody was there to pick me up. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Brooksy. And that's, and that's, but that's like, for me, most of Europe too. Yeah, Oktoberfest is definitely all of that. Right. And like, um, I remember going to Prague and you, you go to, you know, different big cities that just have these awesome, like, bars and clubs and everything else and yeah there's floors and floors of people and different you know tastes of music and everything else but there's never any like i don't know there's never any emphasis on you know i I guess just fights probably i'm sure but like i never saw any of it and you know and even emphasis on like women so like what i like about europe is like they take the emphasis off of the like off of sex basically you know, like they just the, the women and every like there's naked women in the newspapers. There's there's you know everybody's like da da da. da. And it's not like as taboo as we always make it out to be. You know, and like over there, I'm not saying it's all you know x x x, but it's it's just different. You know, it's, it's a, a freedom different. way of life. It's it's like living free. Uh, you know, yeah. with no with no judgment and a lot less you know, judgment. I mean, it's it yeah, it's men and women. Uh, you know, both. You know, you go to uh, a spa or whatever, or a sauna, and yeah. you know, everybody's in there naked together, yeah. but no no judging, no nothing. It's just a, it's like a simpler oh. and freedom way of life. Brooksy, Brooksy, do you remember the first time you went to a sauna? I do. I oh do. My God. Oh Tell my us God. more. Like, Tell us more. Oh my God. No, it's just like you don't even like because like you're at a gym and there's like like you know that girl that you were watching on the treadmill who's like super cute or like somebody. 
next thing you know, you're in a shower and you go into the sauna and she's there, like just <laughs> nude in a sauna. And you're like, yeah. oh my God, oh my God, don't, like, you know, and you're like, oh, yeah. what? Like, I was hey, in the pool. I was in the pool. <laughs> I was in the pool. <laughs> yeah. It's so funny, you know what I mean? Because it, it's hard to explain to your buddies, yeah. you know, what it's oh, like yeah. over there because they can't wrap their head around it. And I remember I had a few buddies come visit me and I had been in Europe a few years already. So I, I you know, I was over that experience of like, you know, Google eyes. Yeah. Uh, and my oh. buddies come in and, you know, they've been partying all week. And then I decide to take them to a spa. And yeah. oh, it was probably the biggest mistake of my life because them not knowing, they think it's a bar. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, they oh, want to yeah. talk to the girls. They want to they wanna socialize with everybody. And uh, oh, it, it was such a beauty of a time and, and great to watch. But it, it just shows you the different mentality. Boys, I got a story. I got a good story for you. Here we go. Okay, so this no, this is actually involves my wife, and <laughs> she. Well, listen. So we first met in '09, and I was playing in Dresden, and she ended up coming over. Uh, I met her in the summer. She came up in that uh, that year for uh, yeah, most of the year. She ended up being at me. I couldn't shake her after that. Uh, and uh, but no, she fuck it. But she um, she came and she joined the gym. Okay, and and she was aware of saunas or co-ed and everything else, and you know she's she's pretty cool and open, and you know she'll she uh, and it was like uh, and it wasn't directly that day; it was a different day or something. And she asked me, you know, how do you say cool in German? Like, how do you say cool? Like, I'm co- like cool. I said, oh, geil. You gotta say geil. Geil means cool. Right. And like, there's uh, the German. There's the German. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wait, 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 wait. So, so it doesn't, it doesn't, it, it's slang for cool. Okay. Oh. I'll tell you what it means in a second. But <laughs> so she goes into a sauna and she's been doing these classes. And like, there's this guy who I, I think he's like around her age and like, you know, a nice guy, dork, little dorky or whatever, you know. And, and she goes in the sauna with him and, and he says something like, oh, like, oh, that's like, you know, no, that's cool or something. Or that's, she goes, yeah, ich bin sehr geil. And so that means like, I am very, and geil means horny. <laughs> <laughs> I swear to God, I kid you not. So she tells this guy in a sauna, I am so horny. <laughs> and the guy thinking right it's away, cool. <laughs> yeah, thinking, thinking that she's saying, I am very cool, right? I am very cool, like being coy. And this guy says, oh, no, 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 Tanya, you can't say that. What did you say? You know, and he's just like, why did you say that? And she's like, yeah, it means I'm cool. He's like, no, no, no. That means you are horny. <laughs> and she, she starts like red in the face. She comes home. She starts giving me shit. And I'm like, I thought it meant cool. Like, because the guys, so here's, here's background to why I thought it meant cool is because if we, like somebody like, made a nice move or you did something cool or whatever, Somebody, you would go, guy, you know, that means like cool, but it's like actually means horny. So oh. they're like, oh, horny, oh, horny. Like we wouldn't say that, right? Oh, horny, horny, you know, but they're fucking saying, <laughs> they're saying, guy. yeah, true, true. So here she is in the sauna oh. in Germany. What well, first year over, she's telling some fucking German that she's horny. Oh my God. <laughs> 
I <laughs> just imagine you just saying that, and the guy's probably like, mm. <laughs> Whoa, okay. How do we get talk how do we get back to talking about your career after that? <laughs> I know, right? They, but we're gonna try to continue anyways. You know, I mean yeah. uh, we're we're getting close to the end here, buddy. I know it's uh you gotta uh, get know, going, boy. but uh it's uh you know, you, you decide to go back to North America and mm-hmm. you end up going to oh, Manchester yeah. in the AHL, or did you yeah. start down in the in the coast? I'm pretty sure that in Reading. Um I'm not sure. Did you end up going to Manchester first or to Reading Royals in the East Coast League on your I, I actually started in L.A. Um, yeah. And went to camp there. And uh, I went to Manchester from there. And then that's where I signed the three-way deal with, to go down. They're like, you want to send you down to the coast? Like, you know, you know, Teddy Person. Same thing, guys. Fuck it. I, you know, like, just too many good players out there. Right? But, um a lot of good guys in the American League, and and they yeah I went I went down to the coast and and started the season in the coast played preseason in the American League started the season in the coast got called up in November stayed for a couple months played you know handful of games and then finished the season in Reading. You know, you have the when you're when you're playing overseas, it's like so many different playing opportunities and places to go, and it almost seems like the better route to go other than the American Hockey League or East Coast. Correct me if I'm wrong. Like, I know if you play in the American Hockey League, you have like obviously a direct transit route to go get called up for the National Hockey League. But for players to consider East Coast League or even being uh, someone in and out of the lineup in the AHL, it seems like Europe 100% be the way to go because of the money you can and just the opportunity that you'd have like just to explore the world. Like call me cliche or and I'm not Generation Z. I'm a millennial, so just so everyone flat out knows that I'm not uh, in terms of the modern where everyone wants to travel and see the world. Is, but that's right. something everyone would love to do, right? It's uh, it just seems like it'd be an overall better opportunity to encourage. To, if you're going to continue your career, if you're kind of outside the lineup in the American Hockey League, to maybe consider jumping overseas so you can experience the game in a whole different kind of vantage point. Yeah, for sure. And I actually had the, the luxury of, of seeing that beforehand, right? Going over for the first couple of years and then coming back to see the, the American Hockey League and the East Coast Hockey League. And then, and then thinking about it and being like, okay, like, you know, what kind of year do you have? Do you, you know, what, what do you, next what's on the horizon? Like, yeah, you can come back and do the same thing in this organization or another, or you could not and just say, all right, I'm not going to make the NHL unless something dramatic happens. Might as well go back to Europe. Like you say, live your life, like live a good life, uh, have things, you know, paid for, for you, make, make some salary and also see the world. And, you know, that's, kind of where I went to after that and um you know ended up meeting my wife in 09 bringing her over there and having her experience with like seven eight years of that having my daughter born in Austria you know travel around like I would give that back for 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 anything and that's you know like and I think that's kind of what you're alluding to and and seeing that but um yeah no it was it's it's been great yeah well, it can be great. One of the best advices I was ever given was uh, from an agent over there. He's like, 
Brooksy, just get over here. You know, you might not get the money at the start, you know, but if you go over and you start to have some good years, that's where you can start to make, you know, really good money when you're playing in the top leagues, you know, like the DEL, Switzerland, you know, Austria, all these leagues. If you start to do well, you start to get noticed to even come back. You know what I mean? Even. And, uh, yep. and that's and, and that's the beauty of going over. You know, you can have a great career without ever, you know, being mm-hmm. in, uh, you know, being in the NHL. And uh, I know you spent a lot of time in Germany and I yeah. know you had an amazing career, uh, you know, over there. And, uh, you know, it was great to watch, great to play with you. And, uh, you know, I, I just think that uh, the kids today, if you, you know, you want to go experience the world. It's the way to do it. And, uh, you know, you don't have to be in the NHL. And like I said, you know, you get treated like you're in the NHL over there anyways. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. You do. Now, you know what? What I want to get into, uh, Patty, is uh, one more topic. Then we have our bonus questions that we asked our guests before we wrap up. So the the topic that I want to bring up last, of course, something that I uh, brought up at the beginning is that you did video coaching, of course, with the Hamilton Bulldogs for a few seasons. So you got into the coaching side of things outside of playing the game. How did that be, uh, come about? And seeing it from a coach's perspective, did this change your view and opinion of the game? Um, yeah, man, absolutely. I wish I wish I would have coached first. <laughs> I'll tell you that for free. <laughs> uh, but uh, but no. So that came about uh, a couple of years ago when I was you know thinking about retiring, thinking about staying home, and talking. To my wife's uh, dad wasn't doing too well, so she was like, yeah, I'm going to stick around. I'm like, okay, you know, it's time anyways. Let's look at our other options. And I reached out to some some friends, and, um, um, you know, I actually happened through Dave Matos in, in Hamilton where he, uh, you know, we, we got to know each other a little bit throughout the summer and just talk back and forth. He got the head coaching job there. They brought me on, um, you know, as video coach uh, the first year. And, um you know, it was great. Like I worked there with uh, with him, Dave Matzos, Vince Lace, Ronnie Wilson. You know, and Stevie Stales is a GM. Like these guys are friggin' class act people and awesome, awesome people to work for. Um, you know, the second year, you know, it was you no know, okay. I mean, it was more of an assistant coach than I was a video coach. But I mean, the, the video coaches in that league, it depends who you're with and what you're doing. Obviously, I was doing a lot like. You know, ran the power play last year with Artie Kaliev and, and um, you know, Brandon Sage in the year before, like some guys that you really just, you know, meshed with right away. And Man, honestly, working in the OHL was, was, was so much fun. And I mean, I mean, there's, there's, there's a lot of good people in that league um, to learn from. So that was, that was awesome. And I love, I love coaching. I love doing what I'm doing now. I'm actually working for, a, I work for a team this year, Skip Jack's hockey club, um, uh, down here in, in Pennsylvania where, um, they do a, they're, they're a, uh, um, a club hockey team that plays in the USPHL premier, uh, division at junior level. You know, it's a, it's a tier three hockey, uh, junior hockey, like the, like junior C would be in Canada, but, really hockey's hockey and, and I had a really good time with these guys. I was, you know, I was the head coach and learned a ton about myself uh, as a coach, learned a ton about hockey uh, in the U S this year. So I honestly, man, I've, I've lived in Europe. I know, you know, I, I, I say I, I, nobody knows everything. I know what goes on in Europe. I know 
kind of Canada structure, the OHL, and and I'm learning this OH this uh, whole USA thing. Like, I man, I'm I'm just I'm super excited just to still be a part of the game and um you know and to just keep keep the keep the dream alive. But um, hockey is a game of uh, of timing and chances and uh, and who you know. So I mean, it's uh, I love it. You know, honestly, when you when you play the game for even as long as you did, Brooks, you did. He just you just admire all the part of parts of the game and all those memories. And you know what? I want to get to these bonus uh, questions here. And I always go first with this because Brooksy, uh, quote unquote, in his words, would say the standard question, which is everyone's favorite as voted by the listeners. I don't know why nobody would choose me first. That's just absolutely unfair. I think it's a little totally. Hard. It's it's unfair, but nonetheless, you already did answer a question that I wanted to get to before was it was about yourself and Cole, uh, kind of of sorts. So I'm gonna kind of change my question that I had prepared to kind of throw at you. So I'm gonna go the route of asking you in terms of a weird question that maybe would throw you off a little bit, uh, but I would like you to kind of get into detail about what you did from a superstition standpoint as a player. What was your superstition, or did you have one? And if you did, what was it? Yeah, a lot of it had to do with getting dressed. Um, <laughs> it did, and and for the most part, it, if something wasn't going right, I know I'd always like, it would just switch back and forth on, um, it, it is as simple as what skate you tied first. And, and it was always like, and it, it never, it only changed when, you know, you, and, and it didn't really have a whole ton to do with me. Maybe if I was in the slump, but it was more about the team. Like, yeah, we won last game. I'm not going to change it. Or yeah, we played well. I'm not going to change it. Um, that was like just a one, like physical superstition I had. Um, a lot of them were like mental, like, you know, you prepare for a game, like you just had your same setup as, as your music, you got your stretches are all the same. And then, you know, the time timing was big too. Like, you know, I don't know, that's just for everybody's job. You do this for staff or that, but like mine was like, I would take an extra lap just to wait that minute before I went into the locker room because it would have to be exactly that time every time or, um, you know, or something like that. But other than that, it was all just before the game. And, and then I went and played and there was nothing during the game that I, you know, you know, it was, yeah. I mean, I feel like the game just kind of takes over at that point, but before the game, it was all just the same thing you do. Now I do with my golf game now, (laughs) you know, just like before you hit a shot, you do the same shit every time. And it's like, kind of like was before your, hockey game you did the same shit all the time you know one thing one thing routine yeah one thing you got paid for one thing you pay to do (laughs) (laughs) yeah exactly and it's frustrating and it's way more frustrating than the thing that they're paying you for (laughs) all right well you know my question is it's just more about you know was there someone you know maybe at a younger age or a little bit later that was uh, a huge influence on your you know your game uh somebody who kind of you know took you under their wing or uh you know just someone who you know really helped develop you into who you were as a hockey player and as a man um there's one person that kind of took uh, interest in me after I broke my leg and had a had the fiasco in in Mississauga, but and that was that was Paul Henry, the same guy that got me to Berlin, and 
and uh, a man that I, you know, owe a lot to and really respect. But um, honestly, like the person I am today and will always be is because of my father. And, and there's nobody else that came close to what he taught me in life. And those same things it, it just translated into hockey. Um, he, like, it's, it is, it's almost emotional to, like, talk about him because he just doesn't, he's a humble, quiet guy. He doesn't talk about himself a lot. And he, you know, there's zero chance he's listening to this podcast ever, even if I sent it to him and played it for him. Uh, but he's just, he just, he's just a man, he's just a humble, respectful man who, um, you just look up to and you just never want to disappoint. And that was kind of like my whole push growing up, you know, like, and then it's sad to say some people will say, Oh, it's not healthy. Fuck you. You know, like that, this man created a, a four very good human beings who, you know, um, in my mind, they're, you know, do doing very well. So uh, honestly, like he's, he's, He's done more for me than, than anybody in the entire world. <laughs> there we go. So you know what? Though that question is always last because it's so cool to know everyone's story uh, in terms of like what was big effect in their career. And you know what? It's uh, been a great enjoyment to talk to you, Patty, and catch up. I know we're going to get yeah. to wrap up point here and i'm going to transition over to brooksy before you uh, uh you can jump in there but i want to say thank you to you uh for taking the time to come on and of course uh sharing some of your tales and some fun chats and of course reassuring everybody that when you do go first overall you can't go any higher uh there, yeah. there's <laughs> brooksy <laughs> yeah no i just want to thank you for taking the time you've been a great friend and uh you know i'm enjoying uh i enjoyed playing with you watching your career and uh I look forward to, you know, seeing what you do in the coaching world. And I know you'll be very successful. So uh, I look forward to that. Oh, thanks, Brooksy. And thanks, David. Thanks for having me on, guys. Uh, it was a pleasure. And uh, look forward to seeing you guys in uh, person here soon. Sometime soon when we're able to get back to that normal, whenever that normal is. And, of course, as Brooksy said, best of luck with coaching as well. I think that is a, a next step for yourself that you'll certainly accomplish. Now, this has been the Little Caesars special edition upload. This is obviously our special edition upload, special shout out to Little Caesars Pizza and Sault Ste. Marie in particular. And as I've been sitting here this entire broadcast of this podcast, if you have been sipping on a nice Northern Lights, all-natural light Pilsner from Northern Superior Brewing Company, make sure I get the other plug out there. This has been a show full of plugs. These are all ensure that we give some love uh, to, of course, Northern Superior Brewing Company as well. And, Brooksy, I want to say thank you to you for taking the time, as always. Of course, again, to Patty Jarrett and to all the listeners, make sure you hit like, follow, subscribe on all the platforms of the game sports show we have multiple uploads weekly especially with these special edition uploads that are always great to be a part of i'm here to remind you to keep your stick on the ice swing your bats catch your touchdowns during your threes and shoot your shots booyah <laughs>